The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions. For we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about 5,000. Then he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, He said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. I start by wishing all of the fathers among us a happy Father's Day and, uh, and a happy Corpus Christus Christi Sunday. <clears throat> and so today we celebrate these two things, you know, one, our secular observance of Father's Day and, and two, this feast that is dedicated to the Eucharist and as I wrote about in the bulletin a little bit, it gives us a chance to, to reflect on, on both of those things, right? On both of those things. And, and for me, this is, uh, it's always a weekend of mixed emotions and I never quite know kind of where my heart's going to be. You know, Corpus Christi Sunday was um, the Sunday that I celebrated my first mass as a priest. And... I was ordained in 2005, and John Paul II had called for the year of the Eucharist that year, and, and so he had, he had just published an encyclical letter on the Eucharist, and then the whole church was focused on the Eucharist that year. And, and then my classmates and I, we were ordained and got to celebrate our first Mass on the Feast of the Eucharist within the year of the Eucharist, which was a huge gift. And... And then the next year, on the Feast of Corpus Christi, which was also Father's Day that year, was, was the day that my dad passed away. And, uh, and so, so it was kind of like, ugh, you know, because like, it was just like the way that it landed. 
And so it was right, and as I'm celebrating my like first anniversary, uh, like my liturgical anniversary of ordination, and um, and my father had moved here for, and he lived in Lincoln for about a year, um, the last year of his life, and um, and so so it's also a weekend that 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 comes to mind a lot. You know, the last time I remember the feast of Corpus Christi and Father's Day aligning, my maternal grandfather passed away on the same day, on the same date as my dad did. Um, which is kind of like, I don't know, it's, just, it's a weird mixture of sorrow and consolation at the same time. And, it, and it sort of just like gives me pause to reflect on, okay, like what is our Lord doing in that? Like, like what is it that that is related between the Eucharist and fatherhood? In the gospel reading, our Lord, he speaks to the crowds. He heals all these people. There's 5,000 people there, and the disciples notice this, right? And the disciples go to our Lord, and, and they say, Jesus, we need to get rid of these people. Like, there's too many people. We're not going to be able to take care of all this. We can't do this, and, uh, and they're going to need to eat, so we need to, we need to send them away. And, and our Lord just looks at him and says, give them some food yourselves. And I just imagine the disciples looking at him like, we can't do that. We've got five loaves and two fish. Like, we don't have enough. And so our Lord is asking them to do something that is seemingly impossible. And then he just tells them to sit down in groups of 50. And he takes those five loaves and the two fish and he looks up to heaven and he says the blessing over them and breaks them. So looking up to heaven, he says the blessing as if our Lord knows that also he can't feed those people by himself either and he needs the Father. And he needs the Father, you know, as if to look up to the Father and say, okay, Father, I've got 5,000 people here. You need to help me with this. And then there's this miraculous multiplication of the loaves. And then the disciples themselves, whose first response was, I can't do that, or it's too much for me, they find that, that bread multiplying in their own hands. And, And they learn that, that they actually can do all things through Christ who strengthens them. And they start to learn that they're capable of more. And, and that our Lord has invited them into something, something more. And this event was just a foreshadowing of when our Lord at the Last Supper would take bread and give it to his disciples and say, take and eat this. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in memory of me. And, and as he says that, as St. Paul talked about in the second reading, he's handing on to them the ability to do the same thing, to take bread in their hands and say, this is my body. And, and as they do so, 
Jesus becomes present and he continues to feed the multitude of people with himself. Which is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing when we think about that. And, and, and what our Lord invites us to is this kind of stretching of our horizons and, and a deepening of our faith and, and a realization that, that he can do much more than is humanly possible because he is God. And as we celebrate the Eucharist each Sunday and, and as we come to adoration, there truly is something more there that, that sometimes we miss out on it and we don't see the more. Like, do we consider the fact that 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 same Jesus who, who took bread in his hands and, and he looked up to heaven and he fed 5,000 people, that same person was present on the altar in the monstrance before we began Mass today. That that same person is always present in the tabernacle. That that same person waits for us Come to him, to look at him, and it's that same person that looks back at us in a real and profound way. And 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 sometimes we can we can forget that that's that's actually the same person. Every time that we come forward and we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, we're receiving that person. And he touches us just as he touched so many people in the Gospels and brought healing to them. And we come into contact with him and and we, we grow in intimacy with him. And for so many people, that is something that just seems so amazing or impossible that, that we sort of forget it. And we, and we might fall into this error that like, oh, well, the Eucharist is just a symbol of Jesus's body or the, the Eucharist is just a remembrance of. Which is really what so many of our non-Catholic, non-Catholic brothers and sisters believe and and sometimes there's there's just a lack of wonder in that and I remember talking to somebody it was an evangelical pastor at a conference and and we were just talking about like <clears throat> the differences between Catholicism and evangelical churches and and this topic of the Eucharist came up and, and I asked him, so, so like, tell me your, like, tell me your story. Like, how did, how did Jesus enter into your life? Cause I'm sure you tell your story to people. And he was like, well, yeah. And he kind of told the story of like how he had, you know, lived a sinful life and, and then like found himself like hitting bottom. And, and then like somebody came along and preached the gospel to him and, and he made this act of faith and, and realized that Jesus was real and, and that Jesus entered into his life and it changed everything. 
and, and it moved him, right, to, to change his whole life and transform his whole life. And, and I simply kind of asked him this question. I was like, well, what if, what if that same person that entered into your life, that you know entered into your life in that moment, it could be present to you like in a real way? And he just kind of said, oh, that would be amazing. But it is amazing, right? And it's a real thing. And, and it's, it's, it's something that's beyond us, right? Something that's beyond us. But it, it's something that we chase after in understanding. And, and, and when we remember that, it makes a huge difference in our lives and in our hearts. And he's the one that changes everything. And, and in a real way, as we celebrate fatherhood, there, there's this kind of parallel there because, because fathers are sort of always chasing after their vocations. And, and the vocation of fatherhood is something that's it's kind of always a little bit out of reach. It's something that men are always called to strive for. And when I say it's out of reach, um, I, I just mean the way that the that Scripture talks about fatherhood. Um, it's the same way that when St. Paul talks about marriage and he says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He says, fathers, love your children as Christ loves the church. Right? Which means the vocation of fatherhood is to be an image of Jesus within your families. And, and then we can all say, well, like that is truly like out of my reach because like I am not God, right? That's always out of my reach and, and we're sort of always chasing after that. But again, there's, a, there's this reminder that, that what God wills, God enables. And just as, as our Lord finds himself looking up to the Father and saying, Father, you have to help me do this. And, and the disciples realize that they can't do this on their own, but they can do it with our Lord. And our Lord starts to act through them. As a priest, I fall short in so many ways, but, but I continually ask our Lord to make up the difference and to fill in the gaps. And, and where I feel like something didn't go so well, I have to go spend some time with our Lord and say, Jesus, I really goofed that up. I really need you to like... I need you to do some repair work. Every father can do the same. Every father is called to, to look at our Lord and, and how has our Lord loved them? And then in turn, to love their children as Christ has loved them. And we draw our strength from that encounter with our Lord in the Eucharist. And, and it is something that, that I've grown to appreciate and, and look at with more and more wonder as, as time goes on because I did see that in, in my relationship with my dad when, when he passed away on this feast of the Eucharist. And when he was in hospice care, I, I would offer mass in his room just about every day. And, and, uh, and I just watched him as he had cancer, learning what it meant to surrender his life to God and, and conforming himself more and more to God. And, and I knew that he himself was offering his suffering every day for a particular person. And, uh, and there's many ways in which 
there were gaps in my relationship with him when I was younger and, and ways in which like he wasn't the person I desired him to be or, you know, because we all fall short. And the last thing he said to me, which I wrote in the bulletin was, uh, I never really knew how to love, but God's teaching me and I'm learning fast. You know, and those words really expressed kind of his contrition, his desire to repair, but also like his chasing after his vocation, even at the end of his life. And, and maybe he didn't chase after it until the end of his life, but that's okay. But it's an invitation to us. It's an invitation to us to, to chase after that vocation, to recognize in humility the places where we've fallen short and, and then to ask our Lord to teach us and to pray for the grace to learn as fast as we can. You know, in these coming years, the, the church in the United States is having a three-year Eucharistic revival and... and and focus more and more on the Eucharist as the central mystery of our faith and, and the center of everything that we do. And I hope that as we begin that Eucharistic revival on, Father Day, on Father's Day, that it also becomes like a fatherhood revival. Because we're in just as much need of strong fathers who are striving to striving to be images of Christ's love for the church. And so today we pray in gratitude for all of our fathers, for the gift that our Lord gives us in the Eucharist and, and that each of us may be strengthened by that person to conform our lives to his more and more and to love others as he's loved us.